0: Welcome everyone, this is Russ Galzo The End Times. So glad to be with you today as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Today we go to chapter 13. And of all the chapters in the Bible, chapter 13 of Revelation might be the most complicated of all. Because it ties in with chapter 12, it ties in with chapter 17, and it ties in with the book of Daniel. So today we're going to attempt to look at the first 10 verses, and in a study like this, it's really important to look at a lot of sources and do a lot of praying as you're studying through it. So many books have been written about interpretation of these scriptures. You could probably fill your whole house with the books that have been written. Uh, Some are pretty good, some are not so good. Practically, most of them aren't so great. But there are uh, a number of really good studies and by some great men of God in the past. So let's take a look and read a few, cha- a few verses rather, of chapter 13 and get underway. And the dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. And he had ten horns and seven heads, and with ten crowns on his horns, and each one had a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but had the feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. Okay, we'll stop right there for a minute. So we see this beast coming out of the sea. And we know the sea always represents the nations in prophecy. And so, Out of the nations of the world, we see this beast rise up. And there's two kinds of beasts. There's a personal beast. There's the Antichrist that we talk about uh, quite a bit. And then there's the system, the beast, the system. So we see this rising up out of the nations, and it's an unusual vision that John has. He says it's got ten horns and seven heads and ten crowns on its horns. And these ten horns are kings, represented by the ten crowns that they have. And the seven heads are seven kingdoms that this beast is rising out of. And that goes down right through history. And so we have these different kingdoms that God has dealt with. He's dealt with Assyria. He's dealt with Egypt. He's dealt with Babylon, the Mede-Persian kingdom the Greek kingdom, with Alexander the Great, and of course, the Roman kingdom. And we see that this gives us an idea of exactly who God is talking about and the region that God is talking about. For he said, I saw the beast that resembled a leopard, but he had feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. And this represents what Daniel saw in the vision that he had in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. In Babylon. If you remember, he saw the Babylonian kingdom as the lion. He saw the Mede and Persian kingdom as the bear. And he saw the Greek kingdom represented by the leopard. And then eventually he saw a fierce and awful kingdom, a treacherous and violent kingdom, which turned out to be the Roman Empire. So these kingdoms are shown at this area. This gives us a locality. It says this area is the same area that the Roman Empire once held, and it's going to be revived. So out of this is going to come these kings. These ten kings are going to rise up out of these seven heads. And we also get some other explanation of who the heads are and who the kings are from the book of Daniel. If you remember, in the book of Daniel, Daniel had a vision of a great colossus, a great soldier, or whoever you want to uh, call it, a statue. And the statue had different parts of it. And this great statue he saw had a golden head, and it had arms and a chest of silver, and it had an abdomen area of iron and legs of iron, and then its feet were of iron and clay, and it had ten toes. And we see that the ten toes representing ten kings who will eventually, in the last days, have power with the Antichrist. And so we see the head representing Babylon, the upper chest area, the silver area representing the Medes and the Persians, then the next area, representing the Greek kingdom, and then the Roman kingdom being of iron. And, and then eventually the Roman, this revived Roman empire, which will consist of 10 kings, will be made up of iron and clay. And it says in Daniel that because of, it's made of iron and clay, uh, that doesn't mix. And these kingdoms will be of various types of people, but they won't mix well, but they will be 10 separate kingdoms that'll come out of the old Roman Empire in the last days. And so we kind of see these parallels between chapter 13 and back in Daniel's time. In Daniel's time, he only saw one head, but in John's time, he's seeing seven He's seeing down through history now, these kingdoms are rising up again, and we see it today. What we're going to see in the very near future, I believe, is a great war, a war that will pit Russia and the Arab world against Israel. I mean, it's so easy to depict that right today, right? I mean, if if you listen to any kind of news other than the foolishness that's going on in in Washington and on and on with people bickering and hating one another, uh, if you can get to some news that really depicts what's happening in the world, uh, it's so important to know that Russia has practically taken over the Middle East at this point. And they are feeding the other nations, the Arab, other Arab nations in that whole area around Israel. And eventually we'll set up a great war in which Israel will be attacked and God will defend them and uh, leave a giant gap in that area as far as political power goes. And that is where we'll probably see the Antichrist step in and sign a seven-year deal with Israel saying that he will protect them and he'll never have to worry about anything again. Uh, That's a study uh, for another time as well. But we can see this beast rising up. Each crown has a blasphemous name written on it, going to be anti. God, It's going to be anti-Jesus, this uh, new kingdom that is rising up. And it's interesting to note that the dragon gives the beast his power and his throne in great authority. Uh, many believe that uh, the son of Satan will be the Antichrist. Because back in Genesis, you know, God talks about the seed of the woman, obviously, which is the, the seed of God himself in Christ. Born to a virgin, but he also talks about the seed of the serpent. Just like a father would give his son authority and give him all this power, he does this to the Antichrist. Satan himself is at work trying to tear down humankind, mankind, and destroy them. His priority since day one destroy the seed of the Messiah which he couldn't do. He tried so many times down through the ages. He tried to wipe out Israel because he knew Israel was carrying the seed of the coming Savior. And he almost did it several times. In fact, if it wasn't for Noah, it would have happened then. And then down through the years, Moses and all the things that God had to deal with with Israel And the whole time, Satan was telling them, let's wipe them out. Let's wipe them out. They're worthless. Wipe them out. Because he wanted to stop the seed. And then eventually, when Jesus was born, we know that he once again was at work through Herod, and they murdered all the children two years old and under. Awful, devastating uh, situation. So constantly, he is looking to destroy. He is a destroyer, and we see that in the Word of God. So it's interesting to see, we're going to flip over to chapter 17 and look at that real quick, because it is a parallel scripture. John says, the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and 10 horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, glittering with gold and precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand filled with the abominable things and the filth of her adultery. The title was written on her forehead, Mystery Babylon the Great, the Mother of Prostitutes and the Abominations of the Earth. And I saw the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of those who bore the testimony of Jesus. So once again, we see this seven heads and ten horns. And who is this woman John wants to know who the woman is. He's very appalled by the vision. He's just astonished at what he's seeing. And the scripture says, The angel said to me, The waters you saw where the prostitute sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and languages. The beast and the ten horns you saw will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin, leave her naked. They will eat her flesh and burn her with fire for God has put it in their hearts to accomplish his purpose by agreeing to give the beast their power to rule until God's words are fulfilled. You know, the enemy isn't trying to do away with the church. You know, that's you know, not in his plan. You say, well, then why wouldn't he? Because all he wants to do is pervert the church. That's what has been his aim from the beginning of time. Paul and John and all of them saw it in the beginning when they were building churches and all these other uh, idolatries and sins were coming into the church and the church was accepting them and Paul was constantly writing them saying, "Look, you got to purify yourself to keep the gospel pure. You know, you can love people and you can welcome people in, but keep the message pure. This is this is for the salvation and for their own good that the people would know what God." permits and what he doesn't permit, and how he can bless and understand the blessing and cursing of God in order to be blessed in life. And so the enemy's not trying to destroy the church. That's really too difficult for even him to do. You know, he can't wipe out everything. But what he can do is he can pervert it. And here we see that's what this woman, this prostitute, riding on these kings— Right, she's riding on the beast. She's riding on the kings, the nations that have joined himself to the Antichrist. So, will there be a pseudo Christian church? Yes, there will. In the last days, we see it's always been that way, but now it will come to the forefront. In the last days, there will be a church, but it will not be the church of Jesus Christ. It'll be a church in which it'll be filled with compromise in which the enemy will use. He will allow this church to ride on him, and the Antichrist will use it to unify people. And then when he's done using it, the Scripture clearly states that he will destroy the prostitute. So in the end, Satan doesn't want to see anybody. It's only him. He is the one. He's going to be God. He wants to be God, always wanted to be. For him to have preeminence, he needs to get rid of even the fake church. But it comes in stages. So first there's a great delusion, right? And people begin to accept all these other doctrines. And they become an immersed in this new church, which is far from the heart of God. And then when the enemy is done using it, he will destroy it. And then that's when you will see the change in the second half of of the Tribulation, the last three and a half years, when he will just become this incredible tyrant. There's only one God, and it's him that needs to be worshiped, and therefore the mark of the beast, and on and on and on it goes, which we'll get into uh, in further studies. But it's important, I think, out of everything we could take out of this first session of chapter 13, in conjunction with 17 of Daniel, is that there will be a church, but it will not be the church of Jesus Christ. It'll be a church filled with idolatry and filled with people that just want what they want. And we can see that happening today. We can see there is a separation happening between the true church and then the pseudo church, which will eventually end up being the woman riding on the scarlet beast. Really sobering thoughts. And I want to end with this. We see that how the people uh, will be astonished when they see this person killed and brought back from the dead. And this will really seal the deal. Because it says in chapter 13, One of the heads of the beasts, one of the kings, seemed to have had a fatal wound. But the fatal wound had been healed, and the whole world was astonished. And followed the beast. Men worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast. And he also worshipped the beast and asked, Who was like the beast? Who can make war against him? Wow. That's what I talk about, sealing a deal. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I can see it pretty clear in my own mind. I'm old enough, uh, unfortunately, to uh, remember when President Kennedy was assassinated. I was in high school. It was devastating. To the nation, uh, we were shocked. We had never had anything like this in our generation, and it was really the beginning of sorrows. It was the beginning of a lot of change, some good and some bad. But I remember, as a kid, you know, they let us out early from school. It was right at the end of the school day, anyway, uh, when it happened, and uh, we were all shocked, you know, uh, beyond belief. Like I can remember uh, my mom crying. Uh, you know, people were just shook to their very core, and uh, you can only imagine if you know we're sitting there watching on nationwide TV, you know, all the uh, ceremony and the funeral and all of JFK, and you know, we all watched it. You know, we were like uh, frozen to it, you know, just mesmerized by it, and drawn to it. But if he was sitting in there, you know, and they had the coffin there in the rotunda in D.C. And if all of a sudden that opened up and he stood up out of that coffin, people would be losing their minds. They would don him like something, like a god. And you could only imagine what it's going to be like when they see the Antichrist wounded and shot and then die. And of course, today we see everything, right? We see... All the news of the world we can see on our computers, on our phones, our tablets, whatever. And so that, I'm sure, will be broadcast live, you know, this, this great uh, ceremony they'll probably have for him. And then in the midst of all of this, he rises up, and the people just lose their minds, and they worship him. And then he takes advantage of this situation and catapults him into where he wants to be. And therefore, from then, that time forward, you'll see the mark of the beast and other things will come into play, as he will ride that wave of hysteria right in to his own kingdom. And so the Bible is an amazing book. You uh, can't—Hollywood has nothing on the Bible. It's got stories and paranormal activity and uh, just amazing things— for us to study and to look at. And the crazy part of it all is, folks, is going to happen. Just like we see everything else around us falling into place with Bible prophecy, this is going to come out and is going to fall into place as well. But for those of us who are in the Lamb's Book of Life, you know, we need to deem the time and not just bury our heads and say, well, you know, I'm safe. I'm covered in the blood and I got nothing to worry about. But it's time for the harvest. It's time in the midst of all this liberality and all this poison that's coming into the churches to try to water down the gospel and to change the gospel. We can still stand in love and be that island, be that person standing in the middle of the stream and stopping those from going over the falls. We can be there. We can, and in love. We can talk to people and live before them. And God will bring the harvest. That we can count on. As we end today, we will continue on chapter 13. We'll continue to try to clarify some of these prophecies for you and give you some food for thought. And if you're listening this weekend, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and even Monday the 4th, you can go on Amazon and you can download Hidden Thrones Book 1 for free. So get your Kindle version of Hidden Thrones. It is a series that talks about spiritual warfare, and it depicts the things that we cannot see with our naked eye that are going on behind the scenes spiritually. Download it. Share it with somebody. I really want you to get into the series. It'll bless you. That's why we made it free for the weekend. So God bless. This is Russ Galsall, Chronicles of the End Times. Till next time, keep looking up.